Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show. Thank you to everybody who was listening before. Thank you to everybody who was listening for the first time. Apologize for the crazy week. I know the schedule got thrown out the window. If you don't know, yes, I went and got a virus as you do. But hey, that's life. You never see these come coming. If you're interested in my personal life as well, it's now taken out five people. That's why viruses suck. And that's why if you are going to see some friends or some family this weekend and they told you they've been ill in the last two weeks, don't see them. Just Hey, you want to give it a good month so you don't get ill. Anyway, moving away from that, wrestling at the moment is absolutely nuts. I mean, we're recording this on the Thursday. What have we had this week? Raw, Dynamite, uh, NXT was doing stuff. We've got SmackDown coming up. We're coming off the full gear. Pay-per-view. We've got Survivor Series in like 10 days. It is absolutely crazy. And if you've never joined the podcast before or you don't really know how it works, what we try and do on the second episode of the week is I reach out to my patrons, which is the only reason these podcasts exist. It's patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Anytime you head on over to my YouTube channel, just search for Simon Miller uh, or I do anything like this, it's because of patrons. And without patrons, all of this ceases to exist. So thank you to everyone that has joined up. And if you want to go and throw the dollar... Uh, in the pot, as I say, it helps me no end, especially when I get ill. I was ill for the last couple of days, couldn't work, but I know I can still get back on the track. Anyway, my man who's been on a few times, he's always great to talk to. He's always got good opinions, never holds back, and he's coming all the way from America. So, man, Joe, Joe, how are you doing today? Good, good. Um, I got such sterling feedback on our last podcast. I try to take some of that, some of that to heart. <laughs> Look, some of that was really good. As I, and as I say to everybody as well, like I am a, I'm an all opportunity employer. But I can't, I can't protect you from the craziness of YouTube comments. Sometimes my favorite <laughs> comment, I think my favorite description to me of all time was, "He sounds like Jim Cornette on helium." <laughs> dude, that's a compliment. I think that's a compliment, mm-hmm. man. Hell yeah, dude. Let's talk about Jim Cornette. He's an angry man. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about Jim Cornette, uh, dude. I think no, you have been on before, so I know your uh, opinion on a lot of what's going on. But like, I think we last chatted in the summer. Obviously, so much has happened since then. We did. I didn't really get to touch upon Full Gear because I did get ill. So let's start with AEW Full Gear and we'll kind of pr- process through the week. Basically, where do you think we're at right now? Because uh, for me, and uh, some people may not agree, the fact that we just had a Dynamite that was the, you know, the TV show after the pay-per-view, that's a, it's a milestone, right? That means we're away. We're going. We've got the momentum. We've got the path. We've got the direction. What do you think of everything at the moment, though? Like, you know, are you... Do you think there's too much wrestling on TV? Are you enjoying everything AEW is doing? Because, I mean, talking about Dynamite as well, there are a few things on there this week, especially. I was like, okay, I don't mind it. Nothing winds me up. But I was like, maybe that's not necessarily the direction that I would have gone in. Now, I'm an idiot. I'm a bald asshole. Doesn't mean I'm right. But where are you with all this, dude? Like, Do you find that AEW has just found its way into your weekly watching habits? Do you still try and divide your time? Do you think there's too much wrestling? Basically, yeah, since we talked in the summer, what is your, your state of wrestling? So for me, basically you've got wrestling pretty much every day. And so it's just kind of trying to pick your poison of what you're going to watch and not watch. Yeah. I got into dynamite slowly, not because of a fanboy thing, because of like finding the time to, you know, if I'm going to watch, you know, flip back and forth or go back, but watching dynamite, not kind of like, like during the attitude era, we all talk about all that all the bad wrestling. Well, the reason you get over the bad is because we were in love with such other stuff that, you know, it dynamite is 
it's, it's got its halo right now, right? Like it's a great product, but people are also so hungry for that product. Unless you're the Dark Order, pretty much they'll cheer for anything that walks out there. You're 100 percent correct. And, and 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 like so, I watched Full Gear and like the 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 hardcore match. Okay, that's not my cup of tea. I get for some people it is, but I do think someone's gonna fall. I if I had to predict, I don't. Wrestling every day to me does not sound like a long term thing for every day, and. Since AEW's only got one show to fill, you start thinking about WWE being on every single day. And do I think someone eventually will fall by the wayside or at least change platforms? Probably. But no, I think, you know, in the Dynamite, right? I like like Cody's promo last week. They're saying, you know, they're doing what they said they would, right? We're not going to script these people. We're going to let them talk. We're not going to make them sound like Baron Corbin talking about <laughs> a little dog's balls. <laughs> But I also think that there are some things like, you know, I mean, they just started, but, you know, last night's AEW, if you want to be that guy, it looked at the like the beginning of 50-50 booking a little bit. No, that, that, I think that's fair. I mean, that's something that I brought up on uh, on ups and downs. I don't know. Like, I, I will always wait and see, right? Because I think that's only fair. We mm-hmm. don't know what we're going to do. But I was very, I was very surprised with doing the rematch. Uh, and, and people always go, oh, you shouldn't compare AEW and WWE. We're human beings, man. We do it We do it organically. We do it naturally. It's just in our nature to compare and contrast. It's why ups and downs exists. You know, it's, it's the whole reason people like that stuff. They like to review things and they like to see what else is going on. But yeah, it's a, it's a very WWE thing to do. And I know people. some people said, well, actually, no, that Pac is now three, uh, so two, one over um, a hangman page. And other people go, oh, no, it's two, two because of the England match, you know, the, <laughs> the one they did in RevPro, whatever it was. And... But I, I don't think that even matters. I think it comes down to the fact, like you've just hinted, the fact that you had that impression to begin with. Again, hopefully we all get proved wrong, right? Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with us going, oh, we're going, and then go, oh, no, we got it wrong. But there was just a sprinkling there. We're like, okay, well, what did we do? And also, you know, why, why, again, we have to see what's going to happen. But why have Hangman Page win on a Sunday and have Pac win on a Wednesday? Like, what's the goal? What does that achieve? Are they now in the same position? It just opened a door that, again, like you've just said, we haven't had in AEW because it's so new. And now we need to see what they're going to do with it. Well, there's a few things, right? Like, I get the Young Bucks are awesome, but it would be nice to see them win every now and then. And what I mean by that is, like, I think people would, like, there's things you'd be harder on if you were more down on the product, like things that bug us with WWE that wouldn't bug us with AEW because they've still got that goodwill we haven't lost yet. Mm, totally. But one thing that was – I know that – so I get it. Wrestling's all shapes and sizes. I really do. I'm doing my best here. I agree with Cornette on a lot of things. He's a little crazy. I don't agree with him on everything. <laughs> you know, but he does say a lot of things. Crazy. I actually have a, I have a frame thing on my wall, that whole cult of Cornette thing, whatever you can get from him. And I, I, I will say this. They needed a little more size in AEW. I get they've got all shapes and sizes, but I feel like in more cases than not, you in the ring would look like they're, they're, they're just they're very small. No, I think that's fair. Dude. And, I think that's, that's and a fair comment. I'm not for, you know, I everybody should but like. I, so when I got Darby Allen, so when I turned this on at first, I was so first I saw uh, the five foot two kid that comes out with Jungle Boy. <laughs> Marco Stunt. I get that we're supposed to, you know, you know, give it, but man, like to watch him really look like he can hurt Pentagon or like some of this stuff, like, whereas I thought, and then I was proved wrong because Darby Allen, like, oh, look, another one. But I believed in Darby Allen 30 seconds later because Darby Allen 
his character and everything he does. Like, I truly believe that him and Moxley are going to have a great match next week. So I was proven wrong on that. But like people on that show that they say are big, like I'm not saying it needs to be everyone needs to look like Scott Steiner. I'd love a few Scott Steiner interviews again, but that's just me being I, old. I, I don't. I don't. Scott Steiner's too crazy, man. He's too scary. He's too crazy. I truly scary. love. I will always love your facial expression when he said specifically <laughs> yeah. one thing. In, when he called Vince uh, Stephanie what he did, yeah, it's, uh, it's this, your professional look on your face went to. This is uncomfortable. Yeah, I was, it's the only time in my. If you don't, if you, don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about it. If you don't know what we're talking about, just find the Scott Steiner interview on What Culture from uh, WrestleMania uh, this year, last year, no, from uh, All In, sorry, last year. Uh, you, you'll find it. Uh, it's written in the title. Just search for Scott Steiner's Definitely McMahon What Culture. It is the only but time yeah. in my professional career when I'm like, I don't know what to do, and I feel very uncomfortable. But yeah, let's move on. <laughs> but no, no, back to what I was saying. It's just. Those like there's no I I guess in the all shapes and sizes they've gone too small. Like if you talk about Vince McMahon has his guys, it's like the joke would be Tony Khan wants everyone to look like Tony Khan, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean small guys, no, and and it kind of they do kind of run together to a, a bit. And of course, they're having they're struggling with the women's division, but that's mainly because WWE Savants has signed so many women from everywhere. And also, it is early days. With it. I, I do agree they need to sort of, you know, shake it up a little bit. But I do give them a free pass on that because they're still establishing the men's division as well. I'm not saying the men's is more important, yeah. but I'm just saying they have more men on their roster. So I kind of give them a free pass on that one because these things take time. But dude, in terms of the size debate, there's nothing wrong with that. I think because there was such a focus on size in the 80s and the 90s, it kind of got to the point now where, you know, for some reason it's bad to want to have big guys in wrestling, but it's absolutely not. You hit the nail on the head. What you want is diversity and variety all over the place, which is why, you know, that Ward like the Wardlow guy debuted on um on Dynamite this week. You know, he he certainly fits that category. And it just it just makes for a better show, in my opinion. It just does. I want big guys, I want small guys, you know, I want guys like Mabel and Viscera and I, I want all of that because it just it, it, you know, even the way somebody looks carries a certain personality to it or persona so they i don't know why the internet has decided that you can't say these well you know a certain section but no dude i i'm 100 percent in in your uh in your camp too i think they certainly they they could more you could use more more dudes like that because there is a certain type of fan and this is not a bad fan it's more of a casual fan i should say a friend of mine called luke is very much like this when he tunes into wrestling he just wants to see dudes that he think could kick everybody's ass that's what he wants he wants that that's what he liked that's what he liked back in the day and i'm not saying that's the reason he doesn't watch anymore but it's certainly something he'd like to see more of well also too like i believe adam cole can kick somebody's ass like like i i, I believe darby allen like i listen again i i've been listening to a lot of cornet and all that and i and it's separate from that. Like, I believe Darby Allen because Darby Allen presents himself to me that he could. Mm. I can't believe Marco's stunt because, for one, he kind of parades around. Like, the, 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 the way he's presented, he, you know, you can't really walk in on some other dude's shoulders and make me think that you were sent there to, you know, beat a bunch of people up. But talking about things that I feel like, like, I was like, so I guess Brandy Rhodes is a voodoo princess that dude. controls people <laughs> dude i love it i don't know what happened i hated it for like two weeks and i was like you know what i i, I look forward to it every week i do don't, yeah I, I i get it and then like i said and so i noticed you know that the, the aw crowd like i said they'll pretty much cheer anything and i was like wow this dark order is not this does not work but like i know they'll figure that stuff out in time they're six weeks in um they're already at least not going the jeff Jarrett right of success 
all the VPs don't currently have a belt already. I tell you, man, I was, um, I was listening to Wrestling Observer Radio today, and Dave Meltzer now seems absolutely convinced that Cody Rhodes is just never going to win the World Championship in All Elite Wrestling. Like, that's why he did it, for the very reason you've just touched upon, because he doesn't want to be seen as that guy. Like, I, I, And if he does do that... Well, you kind of touched on it earlier as well. Like, I, I'm kind of like you. I'm starting to think, are we going too far in the wrong direction with these guys? Like, maybe we actually need so. Cody, Omega, and the Bucks to start winning. Because if you've never watched AEW before, and you don't know about the past that these guys have, maybe you'll actually think, well, who are these dudes? Why should I care so, about them? I watched AEW Dark last week. And going back to the women, like, I'm, I'm watching the... Britt Baker promo and she's talking about the stupid the, the, not, not going very specific on what her mandible claw does and I'm like this is the dumbest thing and she goes or I, I translates to I'm going to rip your effing jaw off and I'm like okay that's good but so you've got stars like you've got her you've got Brandy you've got Awesome Kong who could beat up most of the population but yet and I get that they've connected to her but like that women's match on that on on full gear was just not wasn't my cup of tea and from the crowd's reaction, it wasn't theirs either. I get you did the teacher-student thing, but they've got some stars already, but it's this like we're going to spread the wealth evenly and give everybody a shot. I think right now they're green, but like – or if you – I mean they could be doing this with the weird voodoo angle, but just have – between Kong and Nyla Rose, they've got people, but it's like they're spreading it too much. Does that make any sense? No, I know what you mean. No, no I, to I totally know what you mean. I mean – unfortunately it's not fair but you know a, a fair response is a better way to put it a fair response to all of this is but they're only five six weeks in whatever it is and i'm like yeah you you are 100 percent right and that's why as you mentioned earlier we can criticize wwe for some things but we can't criticize dynamite or AEW for the same issues because that's how the world works like you know if uh it doesn't really work at all but if this was the first time that we had done a podcast and I would never compare your first appearance to your 10th appearance because you would imagine that you get better, you get more comfortable and, yeah, and yeah. so on and so forth. And it has to be the same for these guys. I think the issue that we have is that, um, and again, this is human nature as well, but we're so conditioned to WWE being the way that professional wrestling is done that it's quite hard to break that from a purely instinctive level. I know I do it. I know I do it all the time. I'm like, oh, but I'm like, oh no, but it's not WWE. But again, really, unless you got well into TNA or you like Ring of Honor or You've always been a New Japan fan. If you look at it from an American point of view, WWE has been the only mainstream thing that has been since like 2001. So of course it's going to do a number on your brain. And I think all I think it's going to take a while for all that to balance out a bit before we can start going, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> that's... But Simon, CM Punk is back. Everything is fixed. Well, we should talk about that too. In fact, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Like, I, I, I love the internet so much. All these people that spent, you know, five, six years chanting CM Punk in arenas, uh, getting so excited, then went on the internet and went, you sell out <laughs> CM Punk. So you chant for him to come back, and then he comes back, and you go, Un unbelievable CM Punk. And look, I'm not saying that there's not uh, there's not certain quotes and whatnot that you can look to, but that's why you never talk in absolutes. We talked about this the other day, never talk in absolutes. What did you think about it, though, man? You, you've been around for all of this. So... Like I said, so his entire run happened when I wasn't watching, but I watched it all afterwards because I knew I needed to. And I realized real quick, I'm like, okay, this guy was so like, when you can look Triple H in the face and say, I don't need to work with you. You need to work with me. That's a, that's a man who's going to leave his mark on an industry. Mm. And so by the time I got to everything he said and did, and I'm not saying that's 
my, my, yeah, I just, I, I almost could, we could do this for an hour. I love talking about Triple H because either people want to like hang him from a cross to bleed out or they rip their shirt off to reveal his face tattoo on their chest. Like there's no in between. Yeah. But I was just, when Punk left, it was just this thing where like, wow, these people, he's left such a mark. They're just not going to forget. And I mean, it's gotten a little quieter, but so I was watching when we started watching wrestling at my, uh, since my four-year-old now wants to watch it all with me, my wife was like, can you just spread this stuff out? So it's not on like every day. Yeah. So I'll watch some of it after she goes to bed and I was just watching backstage and I figured, okay, it'll just be, you know, let's see if we do some hot angle. Like we trade Alexa bliss for Brock Lesnar again. But, uh, he just, when she said, Oh, it's our surprise. And I was like, what? And I was like, Holy crap. Like this is, I don't think he has an urge to f- wrestle anybody. I don't get me wrong. I, I know that y'all thought to yourselves, jackpot. We've got internet comment. We've got content now forever on just his return. But like, I don't know if he has any intention of actually wrestling. I'm sure that they're going to throw, if I know now and Vince being Vince, they'll probably throw a bucket of money at him. makes him might think Saudi's a pretty good payout. But like, I don't know. What do you think? Do you, do you think he really actually wants to wrestle again? Um, I think he'd probably do one match. Did you hear about the, again, it's all reports and rumors. Um, apparently AEW made him a massive offer, like a proper crazy, crazy offer to come in. And that's kind of where I started thinking if he turned that down, he probably doesn't want to wrestle that much. But I would imagine if he offered him an amazing, you know, one-off opportunity at WrestleMania, then he probably would. And realistically, if they're the kind of matches you want to do, say, a la Brock Lesnar, then you would go to WWE, right? I mean, WWE has all the money in the world because of the Saudi Arabia deal and the Fox deal and the USA deal. Um, obviously there's a lot of bad blood there they need to sort out but eventually if you can everybody can do that then I would imagine if he, if he wrestles a couple of Wrestlemanias or a SummerSlam or whatever then yeah that would I, I can see it happening the issue the issue that I have personally but the issues I can see facing him is it's going to have to be done CM Punk's way like there is no way that he would he just wouldn't acquiesce to whatever they wanted because I imagine there's still some stinging things there. Don't forget they fired him on his wedding day and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's an issue because you don't want to do CM Punk versus, I don't know. I can't even think of someone. But you, you want to, basically, you want to put him against someone that really gets the fans excited. And if CM Punk then wants to win that, so let's say we do CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar. That's a terrible, a terrible uh, example. But he's going to go, I'm not losing. And Brock Lesnar will be like, well, I'm not losing. And that's the issue you have. Who does he actually fight that he'll get a reward that he would want that benefits WWE at the same time. I can't think of anybody. Even like Seth Rollins. Well, they want I, to put I, Seth think, Rollins I can over. think of one. I think he'd love to beat Triple H at WrestleMania. Well, I was thinking Triple H, but after all of that, there's, there's no way. There's no way Triple H would go, yeah, I'll put him over. I just can't believe it. I I agree. I mean, I know they say the never say never thing, but and one thing about this too, like on the side of this, one thing I've been thinking this entire women's revolution was, man, AJ Lee was built for this. I wish she was still here. I, if I, this is our path to get her back, that'd be great. Well, it really would. I was thinking that. Like, she was, she was, especially when you go back to some of the angles that she were in that on paper sounded terrible, but that she made work. I would love to, I'd love to see her come back. Uh, but who would you want to see in Face Man? Let's say that, you know, for some reason we're in some crazy world, someone flies down and says, Joe, you can, you can book whoever you want. Uh, against CM Punk at say WrestleMania 36. And let's say there are no politics, obviously never going to be the case, but there are no politics. Who do you go with? Who do you put in? Against? What match is going to make you go? I mean, it's CM Punk, so he's going to have a massive draw anyway. But what match is really going to get you excited? 
I want him to beat Taker at WrestleMania. Taker at WrestleMania. That was, it, would, it would be huge, because especially if you played off the story, right? If you played off the story recently, like the last match and stuff. We all talk about the horrible things WWE does when they make fun of dead people and how none of us find it tasteful. But the one I cannot I, – I, I laugh quietly as I look at the floor and judge myself – is always when he was going against Taker at WrestleMania, he looked up and said he just wanted to say he was sorry for your loss at WrestleMania (laughs) after Paul Bearer died. And I'm like, if anyone else delivers that, they're either horrible, apologize, or sound like a douche. Punk does it, and oh, okay, that's good, because he knew how. Yeah, that's the down the head, yeah. He goes like, and it doesn't, I was was thinking about Mania, it needs to be someone big. I mean, the spectacle, of course, you could say like him and Goldberg, like that kind of thing, but... Him and it needs to be someone from his era that's still around or, you know, when I went back and watched the summer of punk, because I, I was watching for the first time and I was like, what in the world? Why is Kevin Nash here? Like, <laughs> it, brilliant, man. And, and, and that from what I, from my personal perspective, the second Kevin Nash showed up, they just kind of started letting the air out of the tires on a summer of punk. But. If it's like it's you're right, it's got to be big, but it's got to be someone who's going to put the business above them. And for the record, I, I think that Brock will do whatever you pay him to do if the number's big enough. Like I don't like they said the whole thing about the Undertaker streak was you know Orton didn't want to do it. You know all his people. I think if you paid Brock enough money and said go in there and look at the lights against CM Punk, I think he would. But you could do you could do a cool UFC angle with him where you know, you know, just have him. Well, we could have Brock talk, but that's just crazy. So I'm sure Heyman would do all of it. Just bring up the whole UFC stuff. I mean, there's an angle right there where you have Punk come in to the biggest pop you've ever heard of. And then Triple H or someone just comes out and goes, oh, look, I see since you got your face kicked in twice, you came back here. Nice to see you. I mean, it'd be pretty easy to walk into. But also part of it is like. As the all these ratings are dropping subtly and slowly, like Wednesday night, both shows have dropped a little like. There's no real big guns to fire anymore. And like I'm with her. I think that the SmackDown stuff's overblown. I think when you consider reruns and all that, they're going to be just fine on SmackDown for the five years or whatever it is. But like outside of CM Punk, what else can Vince bring in that would really just get the masses going other than CM Punk? Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? That's that's where the big conversation comes is that WWE are struggling when it comes to ratings. Right? They, they need some kind of injection. Uh, the deal they have at the moment is with Fox and CM Punk. But of course, Fox have an incredible relationship now with WWE, given the new SmackDown deal. So, you know, it's all there. It's all there on paper. It's all it's all good to go. I just to me, there is still so much red tape to get through and there'd be so many issues. And I, I mean, it's or so- no, you said it yourself. I'm sorry. And no, go, you man, mentioned go, go. Seth Rollins, like voice of the voiceless. Have Seth Rollins during one of his promos where they've got to edit in people that like him because everyone hates him and just have CM Punk come out during one of his promos and be like, dude, you're awful. Like, no one wants to hear your voice of that nature, of course, in CM Punk's thing. Like, you want to talk about getting the world behind you quickly. Like, I've never, you know, the whole one day you'll be as over as your girlfriend thing, but you kind of said Seth Rollins earlier. I was saying, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I mean, you could probably match him up with about anybody, but it's just, like I said on the last phone call, man, like, it's just... Man, and also part of it, if you're punk, is you're like, let's find a star that's the star of my level. That's why I said Undertaker, because there's not really, you know, oh, I got one, Sam Punk and Roman Reigns. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's the big issue. I don't know who they pair him against and what direction they go. I do want to see it, you know, as a wrestling fan that, you know, massively enjoyed everything in 2011, especially. Of course, I want to see stuff like that. And again, you said it would be good to kind of get rid of some of the um, bizarre memories of actually, <laughs> why, why is Kevin Nash here? I mean, that was mishandled. I think we all agree with that now. It was a mishandled, uh, a mishandled angle. They never really went properly, properly in with Punk, which was the reason. And know, I get... I get why they didn't, but man, if you'd given Punk the Undertaker victory at WrestleMania instead of Lesnar, while he wasn't the great best one either because you want someone super young, that would have been so much better than giving it to Brock. But that's a whole aside. That was back when we still had a streak and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole that's a whole conversation, isn't it? Because I've always kind of come to the conclusion that while we may have not given it to the person that people wanted, you can't say that it didn't help Brock Lesnar. He kind of built his whole, his, you know, his second WWE career off that win. Before that, he wasn't really doing much. And he came out the other side as this sort of mythical creature that can that can absolutely whip anybody's ass. That's where it all started. But I know what you mean. Like I, I know exactly what you mean. I think the fans would have appreciated that better. So... I don't. I really don't know what you do with CM Punk coming back, but I can. If push came to shove, I I can see him potentially doing a WrestleMania at some point in the future. If if a lot of obstacles can be overcome, and whether we can do that, I don't know. And one thing I wanted to ask you real quick because I wanted to mention the NW Power thing. One thing that's been bugging me, and I wanted to see if I was crazy. People keep talking about the brand split and why it doesn't work, and the lack of talent, all that kind of stuff. And my answer has always been with a brand split. You can get these people on the screen that like they've got a roster bigger than they've ever gotten, but they condense their eyes to where they only see 12 or 13 people where if they saw the 120 or whoever it was, I think they could have the best brand split they've ever had. And so in my mind, when people say the brand split's horrible, I'm like, well, if they use the entire roster, I think the brand split could be great. But I, I, you're right. The brand split does stink when it's going to be the same 12 people every week. But I've just I don't I feel like that's a. WWE imposed, um, uh, imposed problem. You know what I mean? Like when people talk about the brand split, I'm like, I think that they could definitely do a great one. They just don't see everybody that they could use. I think that the only problem I have with the brand split is that they never stick to it. You know, and, and, yep. and, it, and it creates confusing storylines. For example, you know, Bailey can go wherever she wants. She was on NXT this week, and that's fine. And she was on Raw, but Brock Lesnar has to quit an entire show <laughs> so that he. Do you can mean get super duper? I'm really mean and evil because I have smile, Bailey. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. But um, that's the only problem I have with it. Like, I think that it's uh, it just makes you know storylines and consistencies are important over the long term. You can get away with doing the odd thing here and the odd thing there, but when it's constant, uh, the thing that I always struggle with is I'll watch it with people that don't watch wrestling, and they will ask me these questions, and I will go. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea why they just do this stuff. Hence why on ups and downs we invented stuff just happens. And that's the main reason. I, I think the brand split, you're right. With the roster being that big, it's almost beneficial to the company because otherwise we're not going to see these people on our TV. And that sucks. I want to see roster, I, sorry, I want to see wrestlers develop and evolve and I want new stars to be born. And yet it does, I, I can't remember the last time it did that, I suppose is the issue. Like, you know, we were well behind Buddy Murphy recently and all of a sudden that just faded away and I don't know why. And Cedric Alexander stops and starts. They don't really seem to know what to do with Drew McIntyre. Like, you know, he, he's portrayed as a main eventer and yet he never actually is allowed to act that way. And that's the issues that and just I have think, with the brand. And you haven't even mentioned the women's division talking about people that are just like failing away because there's just no time or airspace for them. Yeah, that's right. I and mean, sometimes the women division is still booked as it is time for the women's segment, which is ridiculous. It should just be good feuds that you put in a certain spot because you think they'll do well in that quarter or whatever. 
And and so, if you did, and you said earlier, like someone flew down Joe and said, you have all the power in the world. The first thing I do, I'd be like, not because they're not awesome. I go undo the women's tag team titles and I make a women's intercontinental title so they can have a mid-level bout that they desperately need because I, you're either the champ or the, t- the tag team champ. But yeah, and I think the problem with that is just when you look at what they've done with all the other belts and they kind of sort of have, have slid down the rankings. I worry that they do the same. I mean, look at the women's tag team titles. They've been around almost a year now and they really, really should not be in the position that they are. It's just fallen apart and completely. And then there's that whole thing where they took probably the best baby face female they've had on their roster in 30 years and made her a bad guy. But that's an aside. But <laughs> Dude, you mentioned every it. time I see... Like, oh, man. Every time I see Riho, I'm like, every time I see Riho, it's like, oh, look, it's Kyrie Sane Light. And I'm not saying that to be really mean to Riho, but I'm like, Kyrie Sane, it's just, she's so much better. But it's like, you know, it's like, I'm sure, you know, but Vince, let's make her a bad guy. Vince, wh- why? Like, she's like, she talk about someone who's loved and, you know, out the gate. It's always Kyrie. But, you know, somehow she's a bad guy. I'm uh, sorry. No, that one, that the whole Ibuki. I mean, why are they? The other my question is, why are they heels? If you came up with an awesome example, I'd be like, yeah, fine, great, I'll buy in. But you know, if you uh, if you can't, you have to question it. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Again, it, it goes back to that question. It also sucks. I, I saw Alexa Bliss is hurt again. That stinks. Yeah, but. it just seems like she's one of the. She's just injury prone, which sucks. I know all about being injury prone. So I, I completely understand it, but uh, there's nothing worse, especially when you already have to struggle internally and mentally with it, and you've got the internet on your back too. That can't be easy either. But no, that. So, what do you think NWA power? I think it's great. I honestly do. Like we're talking about how much you know wrestling is on TV at the moment, and we don't want it to be uh, every single. You know, you don't want you don't want wrestling every single day. But I think the coolest thing about NWA Power is that it doesn't feel that way at all. It feels so different. It almost feels like you're not watching pro wrestling. You know, that's uh, it, it just it's like nothing else, and that's why I like it. It's, it's refreshing because again, a, they, they've done yeah, that I whole thing. It. Yeah, they've done that whole bring back what's old is new stuff, and it works. So, like I said, like him or not like him. Jim Cornette still is great on commentary, but one thing that got me is like, I'm watching it. My wife's like, what's this like? I feel, I told her, I said, I feel like I'm on my living room floor sitting Indian style watching wrestling again. And I said, it's very much, it's unabashedly 1980 studio wrestling. Absolutely, man. It it doesn't care. It doesn't try to change itself. Those promos are exactly what you think they're going to be. Like everyone who's on that roster looks like they should be there. And it's just, honestly, AEW is probably taking air out. Like if they had beaten AEW to the punch, and I'm not saying they could or should have. I think they would have gotten so much. You can't pretty much be more anti WWE without really trying to be. But no, I just I sat through that and I'm like, this is one hour of awesome. And like I've become a real big fan of that. And uh, it caught on for me quicker than AEW. But of course, smaller roster, less time, that kind of stuff. But no, I'm a huge fan, and I think it's it's such a uh, blast from the past that was very welcome in my opinion mm, well i think you know the something you've touched upon there and what both aew and nwa power show is that a shorter running time when you're used to watching three hours of raw is just refreshing like a 60 minute show goes so fast even aew dark which isn't really something you have to take in if you don't want it just goes so fast it's so easy to watch you you almost left wanting more which is an incredibly important thing to do when we are talking about entertainment and i hope it's something that we embrace in the future like i was real i love the fact that a full gear you know everybody in charge are gone you know what let's make this pay-per-view shorter this time because everyone thought the last one was too long i don't want wrestling to feel like an endurance test you know i just i I, make me leave me wanting more that's fine i got no problem with that it means i'll probably tune in to your next show and that's why mwa power is so good everybody has as obvious character the feuds make sense it's over before you know it it looks different there's loads there is loads 
Well, the episode of SmackDown where they had to book it, you know, the whole Saudi Arabia thing. When I was watching that and they did the whole thing where Daniel Bryan walks up and says he wants a match. And then Adam Cole walked up and my wife looked over and she's like, I haven't seen you look smile that big watching wrestling in two years. <laughs> and I'm like, because I, I, I was like, because I'm about to watch the greatest TV match I've seen in the like, like I that entire show. And it was like everything about it was great. And when it was done, like it's just it's those moments, too, where it's almost frustrating. You're like, this is such a good show. Like they've done it. They know how to do it. Like continue doing it. And and they didn't. But like it's like what you said, like when that Smackdown ended, it never crossed my mind. That's like, OK, how far are we into this? Oh, should I get up and go? No, it was just great from bell to bell, including I get I, man, Shayna Baszler's divisive. But like when she walked in that ring and just owned Bailey and Sasha, like facials and everything, like I thought she really set the tone for that night. I don't know what happens to Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir when they promote her because I don't know if they've got their own identity yet. I know. So I saw we saw Scarlett Bardot last night for the first time on NXT. Yeah, she was but, kind uh, of just in that segment, wasn't she? She was just like hanging out. <laughs> so you're Simon Miller and you're booking NXT. What do you do with the smoke show on NXT? The smoke show. You know that whole thing she talks about that you know what she called herself when she was doing the like dances or oh, whatnot. Right, Impact. Yeah. Oh, oh man, dude, I I don't know, man. I think. <sighs> Can you even go near that? I don't. I, that's a very good question. I hadn't even thought about that. There's I, a very small part of me that's like, can we make Vince McMahon fifty <laughs> to see the storyline he would book with Scarlett Bordeaux on the main roster? We know the story would be, and it would make us feel slightly uncomfortable. But there's a small part of me that's like, oh, that'd be interesting to see how how long would it take for her to be Vince's girlfriend? I mean, yeah, exactly, man. Especially in the Attitude Era. I mean, I, I you probably could get away with that because the I mean, it's, it's kind of like what um. Ah, uh, who was doing that recently? In Del- it's kind of what Lana was doing a little bit. So you know, like you know, she is basically. I don't know. I want to talk to you about that in a second as well. I guess you could do it, but I don't think WWE would do it the way that TNA did it because sometimes they were quite risque with it, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you are, you know, you are portraying, and you're not, you know, rated PG. You can do whatever you want. But I remember some skits when she was basically sat there in, you know, suggestible clothing, and I, I, I think it would be. I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it comes down to the performance. If she wants to do that and everybody else around her wants to do it too, cool, excellent. Who am I to say that she shouldn't? I'm just be the way that WWE has been talking and portraying their female wrestlers. I don't know whether I, I, they, they get away with it, but I think some people may raise a raise a few eyebrows. Uh, what as as he brought it up, I do. I need to talk to you about this. What's your opinion on all the Lana, Bobby Lashley? <laughs> Rusev storylines because I read an interview with Rusev today he ain't mad man he's very happy with this uh, with this story he's having a whale of a time well after the League of Nations and everything else I'm sure he is but it's awful I, so one thing I was thinking about like for one thing you know miscarriage storylines and everything else are just icky and part of that's just because of what we've watched in the past but just like it's just it's this wasn't the storytelling we all wanted when we said we wanted storytelling like it, it's WWE again, in my opinion, like overthinking the bit like, you know, we saw how it died on Raw and like it's my it's my get up and go to the bathroom every single time. Like the second I hear them, we look like, OK, I've got something to do for the next five minutes and not because of anything those three people are doing. I can tell in Bobby Lashley's face that he'd rather be anywhere doing anything other than acting like he is stealing somebody's wife. But no, it's not. It's not my cup of tea, and 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 that I'm going to go back to the Adam Cole like that. That kind of match storytelling. That's the kind of storytelling you can do. 
or just storytelling that doesn't sound like you hired the person from It's the World Turns. But no, it's not mine. Not no, not not for me at all. Playing devil's advocate because everybody knows my opinion. Just watch ups and downs. What do you say to the um, yeah sort of the comeback to that, which is well, everybody wanted an attitude era storyline, and here we are. No, with I an completely agree. Storyline, yeah. I would say go back and watch it again. Like I'm with you. I've gone back and watched enough attitude era stuff where I'm like, man. I'm not a 14-year-old anymore that thinks that puppies was funny. It is kind of hard to watch. But no, you're right. I think – but I've always said before that like in 2019, just the way we are to everything in the uh, – not even not even going to touch the whole uh, Miles uh, – ACH, A-C-H thing. Like we're just not the kind of society that would even tolerate him remotely even doing anything attitude air anymore. But like – it's something I heard. You know, I watched a video of a guy that I guess it was Adam, an, an old video on y'all's channel that said PG storylines aren't shit because they're PG. Like a ter- El Torito storyline's not shit because it's PG. It's shit because it's shit. Like, I know we're getting into, well, do you want to just book your own TV? Or are you mad that they tried and you just didn't like it? I think your counter, your counterpoint's right. It is. It's just they can do better than that. That's that, and I think that is the point too. I think that I mean I agree. You've hit the nail on the head with me. I think when you go back and watch, you know, um, some of the worst parts of the Attitude Era, it's not good anymore. Like it's just not. It's just not good at all, and it's very very difficult to watch. And I think you know, something you mentioned earlier: the fact we had the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin on top at the time was a great way in kind of forgetting all of that because their stuff was really good. You know, everything they took part in was awesome. But I. I don't know. I I just don't, I don't understand what the end goal of this is. Let's say that Rusev beats Bobby Lashley in a match. What has he won? He beat him in a match. Yeah, but your life has been destroyed by this man. And knowing WWE's sort of remit with this stuff, I can imagine them some point in the future putting Lana and Rusev back together. That's going to raise its own questions. You're like, well, that's completely unrealistic. So I don't really know what the end goal is. And I look, I know there is a, a contingent of people out there that like this stuff. I know it's doing well on YouTube. But... I, it's just not what I want to see in my professional wrestling. But you anymore. also know that, but you know Vince doesn't. Vince doesn't have an end game because Vince didn't book past the end of the last show. Like our problem, I don't think that he thought about that part. But I'm sure you know the whole, you know, good shit, pal. Like it was good to him that night. But like the one thing I've thought about this whole NXT invasion thing is if I know they mentioned that was Vince's show, even if Vince wasn't there and Triple H was there, but like. I I know that he how he's you know how NXT talent gets buried on the main roster. Like if him seeing how great these guys are and the pops that they're getting when they come out on his main roster stuff would open his eyes some. But I don't think that anyone thinks in game because I don't think anyone there is allowed to. I mean, it's his end game and his end game is I don't think he's had one for years. Like that's why everything changes on a dime. That's why we don't have any continuity. That's why we've got 50-50 booking. That's why we've got well if we beat the crap out of this guy but then and uh, long story short, I think that's why no one thinks in game. So I don't think that if they would have, I think this angle would have died a month ago. Mm, no, it's, it's a fair point. It's a very fair point. Like, yeah, you haven't got, if you haven't got a finish and you're just going week by week, then you're like, yeah, who cares? It's a very good point. It's, it's a very, very, very good point. Um, what do you think is going to happen to Survivor Series? Because obviously that's happening in around about a week's time or just over a week as we record this. We're getting NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown. Fair play to WWE. I thought if they did that, I would be utterly, you know, bamboozled by it. But the addition of NXT came as a surprise. And I think. 
mostly they've done okay with it. I was a bit surprised about the Raw this week, but hey-ho. We'll see what happens on SmackDown. I mean, there is some amazing matches on there. It's now heavily rumored it's going to be Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. I'm no problem with that. You know, Roderick Strong versus Nakamura versus AJ Styles should be, you know, ridiculous. You know, even the sort of, you know, Team War versus Team SmackDown, WWE usually books 10-man tags quite well. It's a shame that we are coming off Flair versus Hogan so quickly where it does feel like a little bit of a rerun, but more or less, they make those matches, like I say, quite good. And look, Shayna Baszler versus Bailey versus Becky Lynch. If I get Shayna Baszler standing over Becky Lynch at any point of that match where she's won, I'll be a happy man because, again, as we touched upon, I think Shayna Baszler is just awesome. <laughs> I just think She's incredibly divisive, I've noticed. And, like, I think she's just great. I was telling someone the other day, talking about like old school stuff. Like the first time I saw that thing where she like pinned the hand behind the shoulder, the like step thing. I'm like, I haven't seen somebody do that since Flair. Like there's just certain old school things that she does where I'm like, she's unique. No one else has her face. No one else has her body language. No one else does what she does. And I'm really amazed when someone just really doesn't like her. But I'm with you. If Survivor Series ended with her standing on top of a Becky that's passed out holding her belt in the air. For one, I think that'd be great feud wise but no i completely agree i just i just sit here and wonder about when she goes to the main roster and vince retools her as an american patriot who loves the land and fist bumps everybody on her way to the ring you know what i mean <laughs> it's true but i i don't know i think uh, i don't know in in this um in this guys i think everybody and it was they were talking about it on um, again wrestling observer the other day where before nxt became a tv product and kind of grew as a brand they had big plans for, plans for Shayna baszler and i kind of still see that i am all down i really am down for this have Shayna baszler win now separate her and becky do the oscar feud do whatever the hell you're gonna do and then have them clash at wrestlemania 36 where becky lynch gets her wins back i'd be all up for that man i just think so no, I was going to say, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, it's just a match I could believe in. It's a match I can believe in because Shayna Baszler doesn't wrestle like a wrestler. She wrestles like a fighter. And that's why it yes. works so well. And and on a side note, one thing I was saying the other day too, like when people tell me, I'm like, where's Liv Morgan? Like other than Instagram, I don't know. And I'm like, bring Liv Morgan <laughs> back in her new fiend, whatever the hell she's going to be and have her feud with Becky. Something that stops the Becky Charlotte thing. But like, but that's just I, I've been thinking about that lot because she was great even when they didn't give her things to be good with. But but no, the stuff with Shayna, she fights like someone like like I hate, when you watch Aaliyah wrestle, Aaliyah does not wrestle like she's in a fight. Aaliyah wrestles like I mean, she's wrestling how she it's just it's a different demeanor, if that makes any sense. I don't want to sound like I'm slighting her, but uh, you're right. It, it makes her unique. And they said they had a whole big thing that, you know, the USA push the USA NXT thing really changed some stuff. But, but no, I'm with you. I, if I had my way, it's, it's Vince, like gun to my head. I think SmackDown's going to win an awful lot of something just because I think, well, you know what? Fox has not gotten much of, everyone said this was going to be Fox's world. And then USA got a show and Becky ended up on raw and all this other kind of stuff. So maybe they don't have the, quite the, the power we thought they did, but I've got to think SmackDown comes away looking pretty good. And then you got to give NXT something. I think that. I'd love them to give them Shane. I don't think they're going to give them the men's match. I don't think uh, – th I'm, I'm really glad we avoided The Fiend and Brock Lesnar. At least kudos for that, although I would have never put the belt on The Fiend in the first place. But, uh, okay, okay, but no, me, I think it – Give me that one, dude. Go ahead. Give me that one. Why, 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 why wouldn't you have done it? I think I know your answer, but it's good to hear. He didn't need it. Like, he's The Undertaker. The Undertaker didn't need a damn thing other than being The Undertaker. The Fiend – if I had my way, The Fiend shouldn't care, know what a belt is, thinking – like, like – and that was my whole thing. I was like, he shouldn't care, know, or think about whatever the heck a Survivor Series is. 
The Fiend should have come out and obliterated people. Like it, it did. He didn't need anything to make himself great. And honestly, putting the belt on him now, you've got a, there's now a timer on him. Like like when they're going to do something different. But no, I think it was uncalled for. They they booked themselves into a corner where. Man, I'll never unsee that stupid toolbox at Hell in a Cell where my wife. <laughs> I love my wife was in the kitchen. It. My wife was in the kitchen making dinner, and she just looked at me and she's like, "What the hell is he doing?" <laughs> and she was like, "And then she looked at me. She's like, so the toolbox wasn't the problem, but the the sledgehammer.' I'm like, I don't. But like, when he just all of that, and I'm like, you know, it's like you know, you you did all this, you booked yourself into this corner, but the fiend didn't need any of that. He could have done a year on his own." Just being the fiend and different things like that kind of stuff. But, you know, I did like the Finn Balor's first promo when he said, you know, the guy just put a mask on or whatever he said when he came back. But but no, I agree. I don't think it ever needed to happen. And I I don't know. I just Fox wanted him, I guess. I'm not sure. But I, I think that it should have just kept away from the title picture for the foreseeable future. Mm, yeah, I'm intrigued to see where this Daniel Bryan program is going to go. You know, Daniel Bryan to me doesn't have bad feuds. I can't ever, you know, some name me a damn bad, damn, a bad Daniel Bryan feud. Even when he was feuding with Kane before he got injured that time, he was making it work because he's Daniel Bryan, and that's what. Well, he, uh, that's I can what think it's it's not his fault, but I would say Big Kaz. You know, I, I know what you mean, but I think if you take it in context, he did as best as he could do. Do you know what I mean? Like he couldn't have done anything more that, than he did, and I just think Daniel. Okay. But also. You know, Daniel Bryan, uh, sorry, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt as a, as a performer all around is far better than, uh, or, you know, it's, at least in the WWE world, is far more uh, akin to that environment than, than Big Cass. I think he'll absolutely smash it. Um, and I, I mean, look, it's a match, it's a match that I'm, in, I'm intrigued about. And also, so, if you don't want to keep the belt on Bray Wyatt and you've kind of been backed into this position, Bray Wyatt is the best person to take that thing off him because nobody will care. Everybody loves Daniel. Yeah. He's the only sort of proper fully, fully, maybe Rey Mysterio, but he's so over as a beloved guy, even if he gets a surprise win, everyone goes, okay, because they all love Daniel Bryan. That's true. Real quick, I didn't want to ask you, it's something, uh, going back to NXT, whenever uh, the guys on uh, Wrestling Observer, like Brian Alvarez really beats the drum, his problem with NXT is that nobody ever gets any better. He claims that someone is the same as they were two years ago. Like, no one ever improves. And I wanted to ask you as someone who's now gone from training to active to all that kind of stuff. When you watch NXT, do you see the improvement? Is it – I'm just – I'm not that wrestling savant that notices that kind of stuff. And I've noticed other people beat that drum too that they don't feel like NXT trainees get better. Mm. They just do more. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad commenting on stuff like that because I know how hard it is to get better. I, I've never really watched it like that. I mean, I probably should, to be honest. It's probably more on me. But then again, Brian Alvarez has – you know, he's, he's traveled that same path. So he's in a more than a, an appropriate position to to sit there and judge those people uh, by those terms. It is a developmental but, system. But I speaking of the end. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but I should probably look out for that stuff more. But yeah, I don't because I'm just that. I just don't like being critical of people. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, no, and real quick, I was going to say my all time favorite invasion moment is the one that got sh- it it got killed for when it was only a few seconds. But I was hoping Vince saw it and it claimed it got all his like inner mind going. When Bianca Belair picked up Carmella and chunked her over that travel thing, it was that thing where it's like, why is Billy Kay on the main roster? And why are you not? Like, she could show up and do her own version of a Goldberg program and be money for that company. And, like, of all the things that Vince would see where I'm like, what would get Vince's attention? The guy loves muscles. The guy loves big. The guy likes athlete. 
Like she literally stood in front of her own boyfriend in an NXT promo and said, I did win the, I did win the combine, honey. Let me talk. I'm like, you can't teach that. Like she, and, and I, it would have been so great if they had her go out there with, uh, and actually do that tag team instead of having, uh, uh, Tegan, not Tegan, whatever, throw Sonya Deville and try to knock uh, what's her name's teeth out at the table. But I just saw that. I'm like, man, that was such a great moment. And it didn't get a lot of time because it was so quick. But I thought Bianca Belair and her little five seconds at invasion looked like money. I think there's loads of people in, especially the women's division, actually, in NXT that give you that. Oh, wait a minute. Like Rhea Ripley, I think, does it too. You're like, oh, okay. I'm interested. Oh, Rhea Ripley's awesome. Yeah, I'm interested. So maybe that's why maybe the women are just coming along faster than the men. I don't know. I don't know. Like the women's division in NXT, you could argue, is one of the best there is, right? Stardom, NXT, you know, I know there'll be other people I'm not thinking about, but in terms of the known companies, it's a terrible term. NXT- and think about like if the the women that just left the NXT roster, like if Kyrie was still yeah, there. Exactly, man. Like, like it's an embarrassment of riches, really. And it's one of those where like I don't think 2019's wrestling landscape is ready for an all-woman show like if somebody asked me to make one i would say no i really want one and i'd love that but i just don't think the world i don't think the wrestling fans head is where they need to be for that but there's times when nxt's on where i'm like man this woman's division is just so good no, up and is. down like absolutely and it's consistent too and like you say it has been consistent for a long ass time like it really, really or as a has. friend of mine said a friend of mine texted me last night he's like the nxt women's division is great and they've got Aaliyah. And I didn't, I'm not trying to, I just thought that was funny. So <laughs> That's mean as well. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, dear. See, that's why you got to love the internet wrestling community. They always have an opinion. People well mad mm-hmm. at me today just I didn't like one. Uh, that's the only thing I've learned about AEW. You're not allowed to criticize AEW at the moment. We're not there. Well, that's what We're I was going to mention there. to you also. Like, they've got all the goodwill right now. They've got this, like. Yeah, as they should Like be, I said. Yeah. Yeah, then they've done things. If WWE did, there'd be videos of why they did it because the you know the goodwill's not there. But no, like I agree with you. I think a lot of stuff on that show is right. But man, I saw thirty seconds of the Dark Order and I was like, nope. Yeah, look, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, um, yeah, the Dark Order needs something to me. I would have put the Jurassic Express over. Uh, I I, w- I would have had Hangman Page one. I just would. I think that would make a much more interesting story. And I would have. I don't mind Chris Jericho losing the tag team match, but I would have had. Scorp- <laughs> but I, I would have had SCU use a move and not a surprise roll up because there is a problem with surprise roll ups in professional wrestling. That's it. I will say that two of my hardest laughs of this year, wrestling or not related. One, Chris Jericho, the youngest champion in AEW history, and two, when he yelled down and said, "Who wears a scarf?" Yeah. Like yeah, those true. two moments, it was like, I don't think there's any question. Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler in the world. I'd full stop. Like of the whole package, it's truly amazing how great he is. But yeah, I, I, I just, I could listen to him. That was that whole thing last night with him and MGF that went a little too long. I do. Exactly. I totally agree. But it's not, it's not, it's not a problem. It's just a comment, but you're not allowed to do that with all the wrestling, which is great, right? It's because people are invested. People love it. And I respect that. And I respect the passion. But at the same time, it's like, come on now. You know, these aren't big things at all. But if you are going to review the show, you can't just go, oh, it's all great. Well, what did I tune in for? Well, yeah. And my thing, one thing I started doing in AW, which I'm sure is an exercise a lot of people do, I start thinking about mid-card acts and WWE I love that if they came out on Dynamite, I'd come unhinged. Like, I would love to introduce Ruby Riot to that women's division. Oh, man. I would. I think that she, I would love to take Apollo Crews and put him in that men's division. Like, people like that where you're just like, Oh, how great that would be. But no, I, I really enjoyed watching that show last night. Um, I mean, my only critiques, like I said, is it's a little too, you know, like 
they went to build a bear and all the bears look the same a little bit. And that's that's very, very succinct. And I don't mean that as pointed as it sounded, but what I was talking about earlier, size wise. Yeah, no, again, man, I there's nothing wrong with that. I think one day, hopefully, wrestling fans will remember that someone having a different opinion doesn't affect theirs. I mean, I don't think it's ever actually, I say that, I don't believe that at all. It's not going to happen. But yeah, so, I don't know about you, sir, but I agree with everything Seth Rollins says. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> Look, man, good, man. I say to everyone, awesome. Excellent. Let's have a debate about it. Let's chat about it. That's why this podcast exists. But let's not drag each other down personally. And on that note, on that very, very positive note, we will we will we will wrap some stuff up. Dude, as always, thank you very much for your time and, and thank you for coming on. And yeah, dude, just keep me up to date with all your thoughts. And real quick, I just want to point out people in the YouTube comments, I did interrupt him significantly less than I did the last time I was on here. <laughs> See, people, so. this is what YouTube comments do. You write them thinking nobody reads them. They do. And they can have an impact. So be nice. Damn it. Be nice. That's I got my I first I got my first death threat on email because of that podcast. <laughs> and I was Crazy. like, man, this gets people fired up. But uh, well, awesome. Funny. I'm glad I was able to chat with you again. It's always fun to come back every few months and talk about the hilariousness that is a bunch of grown men and women getting really sweaty and running into each other a lot. Oh, dude, you know what? It's the best thing in the world. That's why I'll always do it. And that's why I'll always smile when the people go crazy. Uh, dude, I don't mind you interrupting me for the record. You can interrupt me all you want. You support me on Patreon. It's your show, man. And I just appreciate you giving me your time. And I appreciate you giving me your patrons as well. Thank you very much, my friend. Awesome, man. Thank you. No worries. And like, you can come on the podcast too. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316 or Simon316. Yes, it's a Stone Cold reference. I made a terrible mistake. You can also find all this on YouTube at Simon Miller. Just search for that. You'll see me in my wrestling gear. Uh, what else can you do? Twitter, Instagram, SimonMiller316. I got merchandise at SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. And thank you very much to PinsandKnuckles.com for supporting this podcast as much as they do. That's it for this week, but I will definitely talk to you again next week. 